Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through, and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. In this episode of the podcast, we have Mariah Brown, a certified nurse midwife turned women's health coach. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 136. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. In today's episode of the podcast, we have Mariah Brown. Mariah started out as a doula, and then she went on to train as a certified nurse midwife at Yale. Her work in birth spanned 21 years, took her all over the world. 
She then transitioned into managing women's health clinics, and she has now transitioned again into doing women's health coaching. She has a program called Help Women Move from Exhausted to Energized, Balance Their Hormones, and Feel Turned On by Their Life, Their Lover, and Themselves. Mariah approaches her work from a functional medicine lens, and you'll learn what that means in the episode, and she also has a deep appreciation and respect for food as medicine. She's the co-creator, co-founder of Beyond the Red, Beyond the Red Tent, which is a community of about 14,000 women to convene and connect. She's also a mom of three young children, eight years old and younger, and wife to an amazing personal trainer and physical therapist who has heart. So in this episode, we are talking about some things that she encounters through her work that happened in the postpartum period, specifically postpartum thyroiditis and adrenal exhaustion. And neither one of these things are terribly common. And there's actually some controversy as to whether or not adrenal exhaustion is even something that exists. However, I know that our understanding of medicine and what happens in our bodies and women's health is always evolving. There was a time when people felt like chronic fatigue syndrome was a made up thing. And there's actually, you know, substantial evidence that it is a real condition. So selfishly, I kind of invited Mariah on because I wanted to know about these topics and I think you will want to know about them too. So we're going to learn about postpartum thyroiditis, adrenal exhaustion, how to reduce toxins in your environment and what you put into your body, how oxytocin plays into the postpartum period, and then some recommendations for general health. Now, before you start learning about things that can happen postpartum, you got to have the baby first. And that's where the birth preparation course comes in. The birth preparation course is my signature online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth. And here's the thing. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are someone who likes to do your research. You like to get information. You like to get information from trustworthy and reliable sources. You want it to be evidence-based. You want it to be straightforward. You want it to be easy to understand. And those are all things that you're going to get inside of the birth preparation course. It's incredibly comprehensive in the way that I approach childbirth education, starting at that um, very beginning from mindset and preparing your mind for your birth, because that's so important, making sure you have the right support. You then go on to learn all the details of labor and birth, as well as the evidence behind certain recommendations and things that happen with labor and birth, particularly in the hospital. You are going to learn about some possible things that can occur because birth is an unpredictable process and you want to be prepared to ride those unpredictable waves. And then of course, you're going to learn how to get off to a great start postpartum, as well as how to make birth wishes that work. So I will be delighted to have you inside the birth preparation course, and I know that you will find it useful as well. Check out all the details at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if for some reason you're not satisfied, you can just ask for your money back. No questions asked. Okay, let's get into my conversation with Mariah Brown. Thank you so much, Mariah, for agreeing to come on to the podcast. I am excited to chat with you today. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your work and even your family, if you'd like. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Mariah Brown. Um, I am a certified nurse midwife. 
by training. I went to Yale and finished in 2007. And I've been working with women for 21 years now, just really passionate about um, initially working as a doula and then a midwife. And I've spent time as a midwife in West Africa and Central America and Haiti and all over the U.S. And just really, really, really love midwifing women through journeys of transition. And that's not only the transition to become pregnant and give birth, but also the transitions of postpartum and then perimenopause and menopause. I'm a mom of three children. Um, They were all born at home. I've had three honestly ecstatic births, Um, just some of the most amazing experiences of my life. Mm -hmm. And my husband, who's a physical therapist and a man of heart, we live in Southern Oregon and we did reside in Hawaii for eight years. So I have a a strong connection with the islands for sure. Nice, nice, nice. So obviously like, you know, when people think of midwives, we think of birth, but as you said, midwives can help transition through lots of different life stages. So what led you to focus your work or shift your work to specifically more of the postpartum period and transitioning to more of a women's health coach? Yeah. Part of it, honestly, boils down to sleep and time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I was working in the, in the hospital unit, I would do a 24 or 48 hour shift. If I was attending home births, always as the second midwife, I'm on call 24 seven and I had three little babies. They're currently eight and younger. Mm. And so it was a quality of life piece. But then I was running the women's health in um, local practices. For the past six years, I've been with a functional medicine practice and I ran the women's health and just perpetually being reminded that women need support in all chapters of life. And one of my mottos is just midwife it. And I think of the midwife as the one that holds a woman's highest potential and is there to help a woman feel grounded and surrender and trust. And so I feel like um, even when I worked into Planned Parenthood, I mean, there this was still the energy of midwifing it. And mm-hmm. now um, I get to, at, at times, midwife my children, you know, <laughs> if, they, if they fall and, and, you know, crash their bike. And then becoming a women's health coach, I started an online platform that's called Beyond the Red Tent, and it just uh, grew organically. I think it grew to 8,000 women in in five weeks' time. It just oh, wow. it blew up. And for me, it was a big aha that there's a, there's a big need out in the virtual world for women to have answers and have a platform to be able to ask their questions and have a safe container. And as I was running that program and also working as a women's health provider, I kept vetting experts around the world that were doing online work. And what I realized is by showing up as a women's health coach, I get to work with women all over the world and I get to bring in and incorporate all the aspects of the work that I've done, whether it's energetic or mindset work or nutrition or supplementation. And then obviously the foundational education that I've had over the years of being a provider. And now I simply get to be in my craft and help a woman, not just with the education and the solutions, but also the accountability and the handholding, i.e. the midwifing it, you know, that mm-hmm. they're actually holding her hand and helping her breathe 
through the journey. And so now I'm not even seeing patients in the clinic at all anymore. All of my work is with women all around the world, just not just profoundly showing up as a women's health coach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I, we all have to work and it's, it's a journey and we have to, you know, get there sometimes, but we all have to work to find the best way to use our gifts and talents and be of service to those gifts and talents. And also like, live lives that are happy and fulfilling and, and where we can do the things that, that give us joy. And it sounds like you, you've done that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading the book, uh, the big leap by Uh Yep. and this idea of my zone of genius. And what I realized is my zone of genius is I love reading the books and the research and taking all the information in, assimilating it, digesting it, and making it palpable to then convey it out to the women that I serve and helping them use that in very practical result oriented action steps. And so then I get to be in my zone of genius, feeling really passionate about the work that I'm doing and also offering up what I think women out in the world need. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you practice from what you said is a, Functional medicine, what does that mean? Yeah, so the Institute of Functional Medicine, um, you can look it up. uh, Really, it's um, a very different approach to healthcare. You know, at Yale and my nurse practitioner training, it's our training is really kind of what are the symptoms? What's the diagnosis? What tests do we want to pull? What are the differentials? And here's the solution. And often the solutions are um, medicines or surgery in nature. I mean, obviously, there's other po- other options in the midst of it. But that's pretty much the gist of allopathic medicine, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, uh, that's just, that's fact for the most. Yes. Okay, good. Thank you. I'm trying to be offensive. I don't want to be offensive. <laughs> so the functional medicine approach is really looking at foundational cause, kind of looking under the hit, hood, so to speak. So as an example, when it comes to a woman feeling like her hormones are out of balance, sure, I could prescribe you some hormone replacement therapy or put you on the pill or maybe an antidepressant or maybe just say, oh, here, take some topical DHEA or eat more phytoestrogens. But from a functional perspective, we need to look at the foundational cause, which is gut health and adrenal health and liver health and thyroid health and all of that um, being the cause of the hormones going out of balance in the first place. So rather than putting a Band-Aid on a festering wound, we figure out, wait a minute, why is this wound here in the first place? And really, that should be the approach that we have in medicine um, for everything, really, is doing our best to try to figure out the underlying cause. Because a lot of times the underlying cause is not best treated by the specific medication, it's better treated by something else. But um, it's very much so that in traditional medicine, we were sort of trained to put that bandaid on instead of digging underneath. I think we're trying to get better, but we have a ways to go. And, you know, I'm not here to judge. The the reality is most mainstream providers are really crunched for time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of patients are really looking for quick fixes. They might mm-hmm. not actually want to look under the hood and and have to look at themselves in the mirror and do mm-hmm. the lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that is working for some. For me, 
seeing patients in the clinic, it just never quite felt like enough. I could give them some solutions, but I never quite had the time to really help them understand why what they were doing was creating shift and to pull back the layers of the onion. And so working through the functional medicine lens for me has been just so enjoyable. And I feel like I get to help women create more long lasting results that aren't just while I'm taking this medication, but actually creating a new lifestyle um, that lasts decades. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an excellent point also that you made is that it is true. Some people do, you know, no judgment, um, want a quick fix. Um, You know, I think in practice that doesn't necessarily tend to be the best, like long, you know, approach for longevity sake, but it's true that some people do want a, a quicker fix. And I guess it's, you know, we need to have all options and things available for folks. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor, this message is for you. As you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead, let Home Threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family. At HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time. From cozy nursery essentials to soothing rocking chairs, Home Threads has everything to create the perfect home for your little one and always at the best value. If you like unique items, then you definitely need to check out Home Threads. We got a silver picture frame from Home Threads that is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those timeless classic items that will last for years to come and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. So you specifically wanted to talk about postpartum thyroiditis, or you mentioned, you know, when you reached out and then adrenal exhaustion. So what is postpartum thyroiditis? Let's start with that. Yeah. Okay. So postpartum. So first thyroiditis, thyroid and itis is like inflammation or infection, right? So we've got something going on with the thyroid and specifically in the postpartum period, women can have increased inflammation of the thyroid after the delivery of their baby. And that can sometimes result in hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism. Um, for me, I had a, a multinodular goiter, mm. which means my my thyroid actually became so enlarged, I could see it in the mirror. And as a practitioner, I knew what was going on. I was like, sure. wow, okay, let's address this. And But for a lot of women, especially in the postpartum period, we're tired, we're sleep deprived, mm-hmm. our body's not our own, breastfeeding's our full-time job, our body's adjusting, and there's so much recalibrating. And during pregnancy, the thyroid is is working very differently. And so that recalibration in the postpartum period often can end up with the thyroid going a little out of whack. And over time, if it's not addressed, it has a whole gamut of things that can show up that we really would prefer not happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how common does this happen? And what are some of those long-term things that could show up? Sure, sure. So so first, um, okay, common, 
It depends on who you ask. I mean, according to Cleveland Clinic, they say it's about 5% of women. Okay. I have a really hard time believing that. First of all, levothyroxine, the, the thyroid medication in synthetic form, is the most prescribed medication for women in the United States. Hmm. Women, we have, a, for some reason, a really big issue with thyroid, particularly in the population of women. And I think part of the reason why when you look up statistics of occurrence in the postpartum period, I think it's super underdiagnosed because women are simply too busy, right? Sure. We're too busy to go seen. We're, we're not listening to our bodies. There's so many different moving parts. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm tired, but it's probably just because I didn't sleep, right? And so what happens is I think there's a lot of thyroid conditions that go undiagnosed or underdiagnosed. And so women have to really become their own self-advocates to go, all right, this really feels extreme. And so what are some symptoms that women can really look for? Um, circles underneath the eyes, so dark circles, um, fatigue. And you go, well, fatigue's really vague and broad. Mm-hmm. But, but really, truly, once you're in the postpartum period and you're starting to get some sleep, the fatigue should not continue to be as extreme as many women experience it. Right. Um, difficulty with either um, getting the weight off or losing too much weight. Women that consistently are constipated, they're losing their hair, they're losing the outside of their eyebrows, they're having increased aches and pains in their bodies, they're needing caffeine to get up and go, there's, there's some depression sneaking in. Is it postpartum depression? Is it something going on with the thyroid? Um, Cold extremities, having a hard time maintaining hot and cold temperatures or your hands and feet are always cold, a full feeling in the throat, change in voice, anxiety, insomnia, rashes, feeling sluggish, um, having dry skin. I mean, there's so many different ways, even just insomnia, not sleeping can actually go back to the thyroid. And so what happens is over time, if a woman just kind of keeps sleeping it under the rug and isn't seen or they're seeing a provider that isn't taking it seriously or isn't ordering the right tests. It goes under or undiagnosed. And now over time, it can actually end up being uh, an autoimmune condition. Maybe you've heard of Hashimoto's Mm -hmm. or Graves. And then the thyroid also is then communicating with the ovaries and the whole HPA axis, which you know, we hear of the adrenals, but your adrenals, your pituitary and your hypothalamus, and they're all in conjunction working together. And so over time, it just continues to get worse rather than better. And then a woman might crash, which was actually my scenario. I had the postpartum thyroiditis with just a multinodular goiter. They had the ultrasound. They said, everything's fine. Didn't really follow up with my labs because I was too busy and I was a provider. So for some reason, I was, I don't know, maybe embarrassed or didn't want to go have the help. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I knew after baby number two, I completely crashed. And I was so tired. I remember thinking um, like something is really l- wrong. Right. Like, am I dying? Oh, <laughs> I was oh that tired. Gosh. Right, right, right. And I had no libido and I had no energy and I needed to nap with the kids. And no matter how much I was sleeping, I just couldn't get up and go. And I had the aches and pains in my body and I just couldn't find my mojo. And it's for me, my thyroid and my adrenals had crashed. Right, right, right. And I think it's very easy 
are very common that we're going to say this is because you have a new baby right. and you're just adjusting and you're just adjusting, you're just adjusting. But, you know, I feel like after, you know, six months or so, you, baby should start sleeping more. You should start feeling more like that, you know, you're going to be different after you have a baby, but you should start to feel more like normal. Yeah. And if things are persistent, then you need to look into some other possibilities. Why? And the filling up your own cup needs to start from the beginning. You know, I remember with my first baby, if he was showing, if he was crying and needed to be fed, I would just sit down and put him on the boob. And then I'd be sitting there going, oh no, I forgot to get my water. I need right. to go pee. I didn't empty my bladder first. And as we move along and have more children, or somehow we have a, a mentor or a midwife that helps us learn that we have to set boundaries and put on our own oxygen mask first. Well now, okay, he's crying. It's okay if he cries for an extra few minutes. I'm going to go empty my bladder. I'm going to go get myself some water and a book to read, maybe get myself situated and comfortable. And now I'll let him breastfeed. So that mom is also taken care of. Yeah. And I say this all the time that in order for your, your, during your pregnancy, when you have a newborn, when you have a child, as they grow older, in order for them to be the healthiest that they can be, it requires that you as the parent are the healthiest that you can be. Yeah. And it's um, something that we, you know, especially in our society, we're taught a lot to kind of that sacrificial sort of approach yeah. to parent to parenthood. And I disagree that that's the right approach. And it also teaches your children, particularly girls, and I'm getting a little bit of a soapbox here, <laughs> that that sacrificial approach is necessary and it's not. No, you're 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 preaching to the choir. I'm in total agreement. <laughs> yeah. Women innately, we want to give, and part of that is is instinctive and physiological. But the the permission, giving ourselves permission to set boundaries and literally put on our own oxygen mask first, helps us be a fuller version of those that we are loving and giving to, and we also give our children permission to do the same. Particularly our daughters. I love what. Louise Hay says in regard to the thyroid conversation, she's explained that many women feel torn by the pressure to be all things and their creative self gets blocked. Mm. They stop expressing themselves and that expresses itself in the body as the thyroid being out of balance. You know, the thyroid is in the throat. That's the place of us speaking our truth. Right, right, right. right allowing right. the creativity to surge, allowing the... Um, giving ourselves permission to ensure that we're cared for. And so many women say, oh, there's not enough time in the day. Well, we have to make the time. We prioritize the time and allow others to wait just a little bit longer so that I get to heat up my cup of tea. So when I sit down, I drink it when it's hot, not, not like just go, oh, well, at least I have tea. It's cold now, but oh, well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So now let's talk about adrenal exhaustion. This may be a little bit more controversial in terms of a, is that similar to adrenal fatigue or what is that? <laughs> it, it, is, <laughs> I, so, it, it is fascinating in the mainstream world, mm -hmm. this adrenal exhaustion, adrenal fatigue, uh, there are places, you know, I was even looking on something on Harvard on their website and they were saying there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. It's all a misnomer mm -hmm. um, in the functional world. I mean, come on, you can, the adrenals of course get exhausted, particularly for women. Um, 
just based on, so the adrenals are the, that place where it's going to respond to a need for fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. Uh, a wildebeest is coming and I need to run. Okay. The, the adrenals are what pump out the cortisol and other hormones. Cortisol is the one we know the best to prepare to flee, right? We have to survive. And the reality is we're not living in a time where we have to worry about a lion or a wildebeest, but we are dealing with the onslaught of pressure all of the time. We worry about our finances. We worry about our safety. We worry about in today's world, stepping outside and feeling judged or misunderstood and in a pandemic, is it safe for me to be near and under another individual? We are bombarded with toxins in the environment. I mean, newborn babies now looking at cord blood, they've found as many as 250 toxins in the cord blood of newborn babies. Mm. We just have toxins in the air we breathe and the water we drink. And that is throwing an onslaught to the body where the body goes, oh, I need to either fight, flight, or freeze. Right. If we're, we've got the news playing in the background, we're watching a scary movie. There's a reason why when you're watching that scary movie, your palms are sweating and your heart is racing. Your body is having the same physiological response. And so over time, the adrenals get taxed and they go, oh, I'm done. Okay. So mainstream medicine is going to go, well, maybe there's no such thing, but I think one, are they testing it correctly? So to mm-hmm. really look at your adrenals, it's got to be through urine or saliva for the testing, number one. But also just based on how is a woman presenting with her symptoms? You know, can we let go of what we've been taught as true or untrue and trust a woman in her place of self-advocacy? She's tired. She has insomnia. She's stru- suffering with IBS. She has memory impairment and brain fog. She's feeling tired, anxious, irritable. Her sex drive is gone. All of a sudden experiencing hot flashes. Hormones are out of balance. She's having water retention, weight gain, constipation, diarrhea, chronic migraines, loss of appetite, salt cravings, allergies, skin rashes. I mean, all of this stuff can go back to the adrenals. And so how common is it? Um, I think it depends on who you ask, <laughs> but particularly for those postpartum moms, it might necessarily be diagnosed early on, but I promise you that your adrenals are, are working on overdrive. Right. Right. Because now all of a sudden you are eating for yourself and your breastfeeding baby and you are caring for so many and sleep deprived and all of the pressures of, am I doing it Right. And now there might be new stresses that are financial in nature and you're looking at your checking statement and that feeling of, once again, heart rate going up, respiratory, palms, palms sweating, feeling that nervous feeling, that's your adrenals kicking into action. Gotcha. And when your adrenals are doing what they're supposed to be doing, go back to the example of I'm being chased by a lion and I'm either going to be eaten or survive. It's going to spike cortisol. But the other thing, the body is really smart. In that scenario, your digestion is shut off mm-hmm. because you don't need to have a great bowel movement or a great or really do a good job at absorbing the food that you just ate if you're about to be eaten by a lion. That becomes secondary. 
your hormone production shuts off in regard to your sex hormones. So you don't need estrogen and progesterone. You don't have to worry about if you're going to ovulate that month or have a great orgasm. You're about to be eaten, right? Right. right. Your right. immune system is shut off because right now, if it's either stress or bless, if you're running from a lion and someone sneezes on you with COVID, the body goes, I'll deal with that later. Right now, I have to just deal with, am I going to be eaten? And clarity of thought gets shut off. You don't need to know what 10 times 12 is. Right. You need to be able to run fast. And so once again, in the context of today's world, we're not being chased by a lion. But, you know, I love what Brene Brown says when you're like, she gives the example of, of tucking in your child at night, putting them to sleep and that feeling of like heart pounding, deep love. And when we're in that place of deep love, we have the propensity to dress rehearse tragedy. And we've all done it as a mom. Like, oh my God, there's my kid. I'm saying goodbye to go to school and I love him so much. And what if something horrible happens today? Right. Like, why do we do that? <laughs> but as we do that, our physiology is literally ramping up for fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And I think this can be also, you know, this is talked about in not in this terms in terms of adrenal fatigue or exhaustion uh, in particular, but certainly the the theory of chronic stress and weathering for black women and why they experience disparate outcomes related to maternal health. So it certainly makes sense that when your body is undergoing this constant stress and you add all of these things on top of that, that's eventually going to manifest in in ways in your life. Yeah, absolutely. The environment that you're living in, the stress that that you're being exposed to, the expectations in society, all of it. 100%. 100%. So you talked about or you mentioned um, how in terms of dealing with some of these things, you talked a bit about self-care, which is, of course, important. And then what about toxin reduction? And then we'll talk about oxytocin and sure. how the, the quote unquote love hormone and just overall gut thyroid, the you know, adrenal health. So let's talk about toxin reduction. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So once again, the our body is dealing with the onslaught of stress that comes from all different places. I say it comes in through your eyes, your mouth, your skin, your ears, your nose, and your heart. Right. So we often think about what we're eating in regard to toxins. Mm -hmm. Right. Are you eating McDonald's or are you eating <laughs> a great organic salad? Right? right. That's a very different toxic load. But also, what are you putting on your skin? Are you making sure that it's a fragrance free, paraben free, toxin free lotion or not? Right. Are we um, storing our food in plastic and drinking water through plastic bottles? Or are we finding other ways around it to decrease toxic load? Um, but also, what are we smelling? Toxins come in through our nose, even just fingernail polish and hair dyes, all of that. But then what are we looking at? And what is coming into our heart when you're scrolling through Facebook? Mm -hmm. Whose Facebook page are you paying attention to? And is mm -hmm. it making you feel agitated and stressed out. In my mind, that's a toxic load on your body. That makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah. No, and that so so then 
specifically from the like a chemicals perspective and uh-huh. toxins in the water and the air, one of the fascinating things in the postpartum period is most of those toxins are fat soluble and breast milk is predominantly fat. Mm. So a woman has a breastfeeding woman has the benefit of a tremendous toxic unload when she's breastfeeding. I remember one of the IFM conferences I went to, I think it was as much as 30% of a woman's overall toxic load gets unloaded when she's breastfeeding. The challenge is those toxins are all going through the fat soluble milk directly into our babies. Right, 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 right. And that's not ideal. <laughs> no, no. So we have got to, even ideally before pregnancy, during pregnancy and while breastfeeding, decrease that overall toxic load. So ewg.org is a great resource. Check the products that you're using from a beauty care perspective, your lotions, your shampoos, conditioners, your makeup, Um, get plastics out of your kitchen, pay attention to the laundry detergents and all those things that we use, fragrances, all of that um, can really make a difference in the toxins we're exposed to. Make sure your water's filtered. If you're going to eat produce, ideally make sure it's organic. If you're going to eat meat, ideally make sure that that meat is hormone and antibiotic free. And I was going to say that I, you know, sometimes I worry that it can feel a bit overwhelming for people, all of the things that they have to be on the lookout for. So how do you suggest people kind of manage like, you know, I got to check this website. I got to do this. You know, is this something you do over time? Like, how do you manage all of that? Because it can feel like a lot. Absolutely. I mean, one, there are a bazillion experts out there and everybody's sending you in a different direction and it can feel really overwhelming as a consumer. And I just had this conversation with a client today. I think sometimes as women, we become a little bit obsessed and stressed out about, am I eating the right foods? And if the journey of trying to clean up your diet is adding stress to your body, (laughs) I don't think we're really making a whole lot of progress. And it's the same with the toxin reduction. If it feels obsessive and it feels like a source of stress, okay, well, here we go back to giving ourselves permission. All right. Put a little pause, slow it down a little bit. It doesn't all have to happen at once. Welcome to being a mom. Okay. We're going to screw up. We're going to do an amazing job. Our child's going to become whoever they're going to become. Some of it has to do with what we did and didn't do and who knows, but all along the way, giving ourselves some grace allowing ourselves to give ourselves a hug and look in the mirror and say, you did a good job today, Mariah, I love you. And so when it comes to this journey of getting the toxins out and trying to eat well, I'm a big advocate of finding a coach. You know, all the information in the world only goes so far. Having somebody to hold you accountable and join you along the journey that you trust can really make or break, um, the success along the journey. 100%. Yeah. And just when you feel that overwhelm, I mean, I, I also don't think we need to stay in underwhelm all the time either. You know, there's, I always talk about, let's say in whelm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to use stagnant in an underwhelm, but I also don't want to tip the scale over to overwhelm where now your stress levels up and now your, your gut health and your adrenals and your thyroid are getting wrecked in the journey of trying to heal yourself. But a little bit of stretch, a little bit outside your comfort zone, a little bit of challenge 
is when we get to grow. 100%. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And I was also, as you were, as you were saying that, and I'm, I should say I did training as an integrative health coach. Like I went back to where I did my residency at Duke and I got, I'm a certified integrative health coach. I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore, but it certainly gets incorporated into what I do, mm-hmm. but just, I don't want people to feel like, you know, everybody leads like different levels of support. And it may be something like you're able to follow. Coaching can look different for different people. Some people may need like hand holding one-on-one. Some people may be fine with like a program that they can follow on their own. Like it doesn't have to be um, a huge thing necessarily. You just want to find what works best for you. Yeah. And someone that you trust. Mm -hmm. I think once again, there's so many experts out there. Um, I think it's important that women don't jump. We can't expect super quick results in, in the pharmaceutical world. You know, you take a pain medication, you're feeling better within, you know, maybe 30 minutes, you could take an antibiotic and there should be a shift within 24 hours. But when it comes to diet and lifestyle modification, there's got to be some time investment. And so if you're going to choose a new way, a new route, a new expert to trust, a new coach to work with, you know, my preference is that you give it at least three months before Mm -hmm. you make a decision about whether or not it's quote unquote working or not. Yeah, definitely. It definitely takes time, uh, investment Mm -hmm. of time, investment of energy, but the, the payoff is, can be quite substantial. Absolutely. And long lasting. Right. Actually. So, yeah. So what do you mean by maximizing oxytocin? I have a feeling where this is going, but uh, (laughs) what do you mean by that? (laughs) Okay. Well, so oxytocin we think of as the hormone of ecstasy, love, bonding, connection, orgasm, right? It's the highest in a woman's life when she's giving birth. Mm -hmm. makes the bond with her and her baby and helps with breastfeeding and helps you fall in love and look in the eyes of that baby and just be totally bonded. What's interesting in the oxytocin conversation in the context of what we're talking about is, um, and this was, I've, um, John Gray talks a lot, a lot about this. He's the one that wrote men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh So he says that women and tits, just anticipating being nurtured, loved, understood, seen will actually have oxytocin increase. Oh, wow. And what women do to help lower stress is they use their oxytocin. And the way that they use their oxytocin is by nurturing others. Ah. And so we have this reward system. If I'm feeling a lot of stress, I'm going to go out and nurture others. I'm going to give more. So that my stress response goes down and I feel great. But now what's happening is a woman's oxytocin is all used up. So maybe her feeling of stress goes down, but her oxytocin um, has gone up. But now she goes back to giving more because she's feeling stressed again. Right, right, right. And so it's this loop. Um, And so there's got to be the balance between, okay, we're going to bond. We're going to cuddle with our babies. We're going to hug chest to chest anyone that we have access to in a social distancing climate. You know, if you have access to someone where you can touch and hug, that will help your oxytocin. It will help you feel connected and bonded and loved and loving. If you can 
experience orgasm on a regular basis, there are great benefits to that from an oxytocin perspective. And you will feel more connected to your community, more connected to your baby, more connected to yourself. But then we also have to look at this push and pull behind stress levels and how we take that stress and give more. So we go back to the conversation around boundary setting and putting on my own oxygen mask first. Right, right. To go, huh, do I need to take a little pause and go, am I so stressed out and I'm over giving as a woman because that's what I do in times of stress. And from a physiological standpoint, that makes sense. Now I'm increasing my oxytocin so I can feel loved and connected. Mm -hmm. But the, the detriment is now I'm ending up actually feeling more depleted. Gotcha. 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 Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. And then the final thing is just what are some things you recommend for supporting overall gut, thyroid, adrenal, liver health? Oh, there's so many. We can maybe pick like two or three things. Okay. Um, okay, so let's say gut. In an ideal world, think about what are you going to take out? I would love it if you could cut out gluten and dairy. Mm. Sugar, too, would be lovely. Oh, my goodness, Mariah. (laughs) 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 And so we just do one thing at a time, right? And we figure out what is doable during this time of life. Right. Um, Knowing that those things really wreak havoc on our gut health. And the gut is the foundation. 70% of our immune system lives in our gut. Mm -hmm. It is considered the second brain. We're 10% DNA, 90% microbiome. The gut is really where we go back to um, foundationally. And so then what do we replace it with? Lots of plants, every color, every day, more variety, the better. If you could just look at your plate and go, all right, half my plate is has been picked from a vine or a bush. It's fruits, vegetables, and berries. 
um, eating a probiotic rich diet, such as your sauerkraut and yogurts and kefir and kombucha and miso, that kind of thing. From a thyroid perspective, um, speaking your truth. Mm. Um, remember the thyroid lives in the throat. That's right. the area of the truth. Right. But also toxin reduction. This is controversial, but fluoride, you know, dentists are going to say we need to increase our fluoride for dentition. Fluoride wreaks havoc on our thyroid. And so if, if your thyroid is feeling out of balance or you are a woman in postpartum with a with postpartum thyroiditis, explore using fluoride-free toothpaste and filtering it out of your water. Oh, interesting. From an adrenals perspective, put on your own oxygen mask first. I'm also a big advocate of adaptogens and for women making adaptogen elixirs every day. Um, if you go to my website, mariahbrown.com, I have free adaptogen elixir recipes there that you can grab. What is an adaptogen? Yeah. So an adaptogen, adaptogens all come from the plant mushroom herb kingdom. And what they do is they go into the body and help the body better adapt to stress. So some that you might've heard of, many people have heard of ashwagandha, um, green tea, uh, dark chocolate, uh, maybe cordyceps, reishi, shatavari. Um, there's a lot of them at lion's mane. There's a lot of different adaptogens. So an adaptogen elixir, you're going to take the adaptogen, a quality source of protein. My preference is collagen, unless you're vegan. And then a quality fat, you emulsify them and then use that as your hot beverage. And so, for instance, cordyceps is a great one for increased energy. Ashwagandha is great for thyroid, whatever it may be. It's a great way to support the adrenals and the immune system and your energy level foundationally. Um, and then just watching stress levels. You know, obviously there's a lot of stress that we can't necessarily change externally. Sure. But we can change the way that we react to it. And we could do a better job at filtering it out. Yeah. So do you really need the news playing on in the background? Do right. The, the friends that you're watching on Facebook or Instagram that their posts stress you out or feel toxic, can you filter that out a little bit more? Yep. And stay in your place of, of baby bliss, postpartum bliss, mommy bliss. And then from a liver health perspective, the liver, oh, that liver, we got to be so grateful for our liver. It is just <laughs> working all day, 500 different roles and responsibilities. It's working all the time, anything that comes in, it's getting filtered through the liver. And so, you know, obviously reducing alcohol intake is one big one for liver, but yeah. eating your bitters, okay, your your dark greens that are on the bitter side, your chicory root, your um, dandy blend tea, dandy, all that is going to support liver function. Um, for some women helping with what's called methylation, which is going to be you know, maybe a, a methylated B complex. There's different ways to support the liver. But one key thing just to go, let's just keep it real. Are you pooping every day? <laughs> okay. Yep. All of these, I can tell you are doing well or not based on every day, at least once a day, ideally more than once a day, you're having a healthy, regular bowel movement. You can look at the Bristol stool chart uh, you know, you'd want to have a bowel movement that kind of looks like a soft banana, right? It's formed. It's not smoothie poop. It's not constipated little ball poop. Right. You wanna, if you're having regular bowel movements, that tells me your gut is healthy. It means your body's detoxifying. It means your liver is working well, your thyroid's working well. And so 
if that's not the case, we got to look under the hood and figure out what aspect really needs to be addressed. Are you getting enough fiber? Are you hydrating well? Are you overdoing it on caffeine? Right. Um, So anyway, that's kind of a long answer. No, but all great advice. And again, I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, she's talked about a lot of things. Give yourself some grace Mm -hmm. and we're we're all works in, in progress. And maybe I'm speaking, you know, from the perspective of being a little bit on the other side, you know, in my 40s later, you know, I'm 45, almost 46 and having had the experience of, of living, but, you know, just don't, don't beat yourself up. You just keep doing a little bit, a little bit, and it gets easier and it gets more comfortable and just give yourself some grace. Yeah. And allow it to be, um, from an energetic perspective, it's not that I'm depriving myself of this thing. It's I'm making a choice to lean towards what I know serves me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for me, I know that if I eat gluten, my body hurts. If I drink more than a glass of wine, I feel like trash the next day. Right, right. And so if I'm going to go out with friends and there's a beautiful thing on the menu, it's and but it has gluten, I'm going to opt not to have it, not because I can't, but because I know what makes my body feel great. Right. Right. And right. so to allow yourself to do it from an empowered self-advocacy place and not to get caught up in um, feeling trapped or feeling like you're a vic- victim of having to do these things. 100%. 100%. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, actually these days, like there are lots of great, like vegetarian, plant-based meal. It doesn't have to be like depriving and things can taste quite delicious. Absolutely. And when you feel good, it really feels good to feel good. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I will say, honestly, as you get, as you start incorporating some of these things into your diet and your life, uh, when you don't do it, you really notice it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So just to, just to wrap up, how about you share with us what your favorite piece of advice is that you would give to an expectant mother or expectant parent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is to connect. Mm. Tell us more. But put the phone down, put the TV <laughs> in the garage or the garbage. Right. <laughs> look, look your baby in the eyes. Look your partner in the eyes. If you have one, husband, wife, partner, whatever, friend, whomever is there. Man, connect with other human beings. Um, it is going to serve you emotionally, mentally, physiologically, and you can't give your baby too much love. There's no such thing as spoiling your baby. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. They know so much more than what we give them credit. Like just because they haven't learned to use the words and communication in our adult world, I promise you. They are aware of everything. They are feeling what you feel and they are observing the energy in the room. So connect. Um, And once again, like we said, allow yourself to give yourself permission to prioritize you. Yes. So that that cup is overflowing and the you that they are, that your baby and your friends and your partner is experiencing is a bubbling over fuller version of you. 
and it gives all of them permission to do the same. Love it, love it, love it. That is such outstanding advice and something that we have to hear. Sometimes, guys, we have to hear things over and over again in order for it to to set in. I know this is a message that I have to tell myself. So like, just take it in and, and take little bits of it and it'll, it'll stick. It will stick. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You can set timers on your phone to limit your social media time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say I'm um, an absolute max of two hours a day on with TV time. Yeah. And that's a lot y'all. That's a lot. Yeah. That's actually a lot. <laughs> All right. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your work? Yeah, absolutely. So mariahbrown.com is one place. It's M-A-R-A-Y-A brown.com. And like I said, when you're there, um, you can grab those free adaptogen elixir recipes. Use use them, drink them, uh, enjoy the benefit. And I also offer up a free breakthrough call for any woman. If you're listening and you're going, wow, this is really fascinating. I'd like to learn more. Um, I gift an hour of my time just to go, what's not working? What have you tried? And see if I can point you in the direction of solutions. For some women, I offer them a spot to work with me. For others, that's not where it feels like is, is going to serve you the best. And instead, I point you in the direction of some other solution. Through Beyond the Red Tent, I've been vetting online experts for years now. And so I've got lots in my back pocket to be able to point you in the direction of solutions based on Kind of how committed you are and how much time and energy you have and what you've already started. Um, I also run two Facebook groups. One is Beyond the Red Tent, like I mentioned. In that one, we've got about 14,000 women. And oh, wow. this podcast will be shared there. And that's just a space for women to share with women. And then I bring in vetted experts kind of like this, but in Facebook group rather than podcast form mm-hmm. and interview them about women's health-related solutions. And then my smaller Facebook group is called Women Rockin' Their Energy Hormones and Libido. And that's just to kind of get a better feel for kind of how I work and and give some solutions specifically for women of all ages to really tackle the exhaustion, the the feelings of hormones being out of whack, and the changes in libido. Um, I will say libido, yes, it's a sexual term and particularly postpartum. So many women feel overtouched and just no desire. And so I do work with women a lot around the libido conversation, but I feel like a lot of it is from the, the perspective of feeling turned on by your life, mm. your lover and yourself. And so, you know, even I mentioned your zone of genius and how you're talking to yourself in the mirror, all of that plays out in just feeling passion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that's women rocking their energy hormones and libido. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be social media handles and my website in the description, wherever it's going to be here on this podcast. Indeed, indeed. Well, thank you so much, Mariah, for agreeing to to come on. This has been a really informative and helpful conversation. And I'm sure some folks will take you up on that free consult discussion for sure. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Well, wasn't that an interesting conversation? I know I learned some things that I didn't know, and I hope that you did too. Now, you know, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top three or four takeaways from the episode. Here are my Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Mariah. So number one, (laughs) y'all, this is kind of funny. I don't know if you caught it in the episode. I very confidently said that I am 45, almost 46, y'all. (laughs) The truth is, at the time I recorded this, that I was 
46, almost 47. And now I am actually 47. So I don't know why I just find it hilarious that I can't seem to keep up with my own age. So I am not 45, almost 46. I am actually 47. All right. Point number two, I encourage you if you can to go deeper into things and look for those sort of long-term solutions. And what I mean by that is Sometimes some things require or are, are, are fixed in a quick way. So like a UTI, you take antibiotics and you fix it. But some things require a bit more deeper work and there's not a Band-Aid and those problems and issues and concerns, particularly around mental health, don't always develop um, short, you know, in a short period of time, they develop over time and it takes time to address. And I think the more that you can kind of go under the hood and look into those issues, then in the long term, you're going to be more successful and using a combination and more holistic approach to do things as opposed to just medication. Medication can be an important part, that's for sure. But I think when you do that holistic approach, it makes a big difference. Now, that is, of course, what I do inside the birth preparation course is a holistic approach to getting you ready for your birth and not just understanding what's happening in your body, but also what's happening in your mind. And in some ways, things like, you know, social media posts and following accounts and things like that is kind of that superficial level. And if you really want to get that deeper understanding and knowledge, you need that deeper level. So come join me in the birth preparation course to get that deeper level for childbirth education. Again, this is DrNicoleRankins.com forward slash enroll. The other two things that were so important that I think can always be said and shouted from the top of the mountaintops over and over and over again. Number one is give yourself some grace. Nobody is perfect. Um, We all have faults. We all have things that we're working on in ourselves and in our lives. Just give yourself some grace. Do the best that you can. Um, Some days your best is going to be different than other days. So just keep trying. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and do the best you can. Give yourself some grace. And then the final thing is the importance of filling up your own cup. You cannot do anything If you don't have your own self-nourished, you can't be there for anybody else, whether it's your children, whether it's your partner, whether it's other family members, it's not selfish to fill your own cup first. It's actually um, important in order to help you be your best version of yourself. So don't forget to fill up your own cup. So there you have it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. And if you would like to leave a review, I always appreciate those. And also um, come find me on Instagram. We can hang out there in between the show, connect. Um, I post more information there about pregnancy and birth. The combination of the podcast, Instagram, and my course go really nicely together to keep you informed and up to date on all of the latest, greatest things about pregnancy and birth. So I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. Head to my website, DrNicoleRankins.com to get even more great information, including free downloadable resources on how to manage pain and labor and warning signs to look out for after birth. You'll also find information on my free online class on how to make a birth plan that works, as well as everything you need to know about my signature online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. 
Again, that's drnicolerankins.com, and I will see you next week. 